You're listening to the On the Go with VAO news podcast for the week ending November 13th, 2015. Hello and welcome back to our weekly recap of the top headlines from this week's daily acquisition news. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Bill Olver, VAO content developer and senior news writer. And I'm Dara Curran, content developer and fellow news writer. Welcome back. Thank you very much. I had a good time away. <laughs> good, good. Headlines this week. Uh, President Barack Obama will nominate Beth Colbert to be the official director of the Office of Personnel Management. Colbert has been serving as acting OPM director since the resignation of Catherine Archuleta earlier this year. A few weeks ago, we talked about an experiment by GSA's 18F team involving the use of micro-purchase authority to buy software code. 18F set up a reverse auction to acquire code that would load data into GSA's contract award labor category tool, the CALC tool that you've probably heard about, and set the starting bid at $3,499, $1 below the micro-purchase threshold, and let coders duke it out over price. The result, a winning bid of $1 from an independent software coder who delivered the code ahead of schedule and with additional functionality. Some bidders questioned the legality of the offer, including whether the government could pay below the minimum wage for work, but 18F says the auction was legit. The awardee registered in the system for award management as a business, not an individual, and the bid was not a labor rate. Overall, the auction attracted 16 bidders, half of which registered in SAM after the auction was announced. Eight of the bidders were small businesses, including women-owned, minority-owned, and service-disabled veteran-owned small businesses. Well, that turned out great, huh? That was... For a dollar. (laughs) Well, not just the dollar aspect, but, you know, talking about involving people who aren't in the normal contractor pool and and getting those guys in. So that was good for them. That was pretty cool. They are going to look at uh, how the auction was set up because they were very shocked getting it for a dollar. And and, and they don't want anyone to game game the system, right? Right. Some commenters on the auction had said, well, what if somebody comes in and bids $3,499 and then their buddy goes in and bids a dollar? Well, then the auction's over. And all the first guy or second guy has to do is just flake on it. You know, the dollar bidder just does, has to not deliver, and then the next person automatically would get the full amount. So they're 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 going to look at ways of uh, you know making sure folks aren't gaming the system. But they did check out the winning bid to make sure that it was legit before they actually proceeded with the award and, and doing the work. So yeah, the guy said he just wanted to contribute. Oh, that's so nice. Very nice. Yeah. Yes. And GSA is looking for volunteers to participate in the Integrated Award Environment's Federal Procurement Data System Next Generation Virtual Focus Groups, which are aimed at improving the site and the user experience. GSA wants to collect feedback and experiences with the database and gather ideas on features such as search criteria, user interface, standard and ad hoc reports, access, and notifications. The groups will be held in mid to late November, and volunteers may register online through the GSA Interact site. 
I have some initial feedback. They got to shorten that name up. <laughs> At least get a nice pithy acronym. That thing's just getting crazy long. Well, the Department of Defense has released a new guidebook aimed at helping program managers integrate cybersecurity into their acquisition programs. In an accompanying memo, Under Secretary of Defense for Acquisition Technology and Logistics Frank Kendall explained that the most effective way to incorporate cybersecurity is to build it right into the program from the ground up and all the way through the entire system lifecycle. That starts with the acquisition process, of course. The guide outlines key concepts and activities under the risk management framework, and that would be things like using modular open systems that can be quickly adjusted in response to security threats that are emerging. And it aligns each of those with phases of the DoD acquisition lifecycle. It also gives detailed descriptions of cybersecurity-related roles and responsibilities and provides sample requests for proposal and contract language. The department also released a September study that gathers extensive input from contractors on potential opportunities to eliminate unnecessary requirements for which the costs of implementation outweigh their benefits. According to Assistant Secretary of Defense for Acquisition Katrina McFarland, the issue is not the statutes or regulations themselves, which of course are there for good reason, but rather how they're actually being observed. For example, the body tasked with enforcing regulation might ask for something way more stringent than is strictly necessary, say asking for an audit when that level of detail is not specifically called out in the original rule being observed. Lack of consistency in interpretation is also a problem. Contractors may have to jump through different hoops depending on who it is that they're working with. DOD approved 20 resultant recommendations, including streamlining regulatory activities, amending and clarifying related policies, and piloting new assessment methods, and has reassigned responsibility for their implementation to different defense components. And, as we heard likely rumblings about previously, Boeing and Lockheed Martin have indeed filed a protest with the Government Accountability Office, challenging the Air Force's award of its long-range strike bomber contract to Northrop Grumman. The teamed firms cited concerns over the government's cost evaluation and its evaluation of the comparative risk of the competitor's ability to perform. GEO has until mid-February to render its decision. Yeah, it's a lot of money on the table. Oh, my gosh, yes. I, I suppose I'd be arm wrestling over that, too. But, I mean, gosh, it's not like those guys do not have some pie pieces of their own to eat. So. That's true, but $55 billion is a lot to leave on the table. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we had uh, two bits of regulatory activity this week. Uh, like many other agencies, the Social Security Administration has published a final rule that incorporates OMB grant guidance into its regulations. OMB adopted the final guidance in 2013, and in December of last year, it published a joint interim final rule implementing that guidance for all federal award-making agencies. SSA is adopting that interim final rule as a final rule for its own regulations, effective November 10th. VA has published a proposed rule that would amend its regulations governing the veteran-owned small business verification program. VA wants to find an appropriate balance between preventing fraud in the program and providing an easier process for VOSBs to become verified. To that end, the proposed rule would clarify the eligibility requirements for businesses to obtain verified status, add and revise numerous definitions, explain examination procedures and review processes, and revise or clarify other processes and requirements. Comments on the proposed rule must be received by January 5, 2016 to be considered in the formation of a final rule. 
And that's it for headlines. As I mentioned last week, we're going to take a closer look at some developments related to the Federal Information Technology Acquisition Reform Act, FATERA. Uh, last week, the House Oversight and Government Reform Committee's Subcommittee on IT released scorecards on how agencies are implementing FATERA provisions, and those are probably a good place to start. Ooh, although there was a lot of red on those scorecards. There what? was lots, lots of red, lots of Ds and Fs, but a lot of bright spots as well. Uh, GSA and the Department of Commerce topped the scorecard with overall grades of B, and a lot of agencies received A's in specific areas. Okay. And these were rating progress on ongoing initiatives, right? This wasn't the new CIO authority over IT budgeting and purchasing, correct? That, right. For, for the first scorecard, and there will be plenty more, uh, the subcommittee focused on things that are already in process. Uh, it was data center consolidation, IT portfolio review savings, and that's savings achieved through portfolio stat sessions, uh, the use of agile development techniques for major projects, and risk assessment. And for their ratings, the subcommittee compared the goals that agencies set to what they've reported as accomplishments. So, for example, for data center consolidation, the subcommittee compared the agency's goal for financial savings to the actual savings reported to Congress and GAO. Uh, for agile development, it broke down major investments into individual projects and calculated how many projects were delivering capabilities every six months. So again, this was all based on what agencies were reporting out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, but now they aren't telling the whole story though, as we know uh, in his testimony at a hearing that was held in conjunction with the scorecards release, GAO's David Powder told lawmakers they shouldn't beat up too much on the agencies who received poor grades. Um, Without also digging into, you know, what do the underlying numbers here mean? Uh, so, for example, the Treasury Department, they got an F on their data center consolidation because they said, well, we only got halfway to our savings goal. But that goal was $1.6 billion. So, you know, and the, on the other hand, you have the Department of Justice. They got an A because they saved more than what their goal was. But that yeah, was $10 million. I mean, that's still, oh, that's still good, you know. But I don't think anybody is honestly mad at Treasury. They only saved $700 million, you know, on their Way to the goal of a hundred or one point six billion. So yeah, not, we're talking real money. Yes, right. <laughs> At a billion, that's that's money. And you know, even with agile development, the six month goal for delivering capabilities that's kind of arbitrary. Uh, projects might be delivering every eight or nine months. GAO has even said that six months might not be the right target, and it might not make sense for government projects. Right, right. There, there is a lot more to these scorecards. Uh, obviously, than just the grades and even the, even the raw data. Uh, there's going to be questions about whether the goals make sense, whether agencies are being particularly aggressive. Right. Uh, right. We'll just save $500 next year. Right. A's you know, for everyone. Yeah. Well, except for like data center consolidation, you have to take into account the size of the agency, what they've already accomplished. But then that's an area that's going to get a lot of attention because the administration is looking for a lot of savings with data center consolidation. Yeah. Um, and in fairness, the subcommittee chairman, uh, that's Will Hurd, representative from Texas. He said in an interview that while his subcommittee does plan to question agencies on their results, uh, he also wants to look at best practices, uh, standards that can be shared. Uh, he wants to share success stories, uh, share information with OMB. He also noted that in a number of cases, the information reported to GAO is different from what's reported to Congress. And he wants to reconcile <laughs> these reports. Why are they different? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's actually noted on the scorecards as well, because like for something like data center consolidation, the, the same Savings were average, based, and there was, there was a lot of differences between 
what was reported to Congress, what was reported to GAO. So Hurd said that as uh, that the scorecards will evolve as agencies implement FATERA um, and as reporting improves. And so while the grades don't look good today, I don't I, I really didn't get a strong sense that they're going to be used like as a hammer. Yeah, this is just the first foray, you know, the first shot across the bow, uh, you know, to sort of iron out, okay, what do we need to be looking at? Right, and, and nobody wants to see a failing grade for their agency on a congressional scorecard. I mean, that's heart-stopping. But I haven't heard the kind of harsh rhetoric from the subcommittee that we hear, you know, so often coming out of Congress, uh, you know, all all sides. And I didn't I didn't watch the full hearing, but I heard at least seemed to have a very balanced view of of the issue and seemed seemed really in you know more interested in oversight and improvement. Improvement and not using it as a cudgel. Mm-hmm. Um, and at, at that hearing uh, last week, federal CIO Tony Scott also talked about the agency self-assessments, which are very different from the, the scorecards. And these are the reports that agencies have prepared to assess their current organizational and policy environment for those new CIO authorities enacted in FATERA, looking at the existing gaps and their plans for implementing these authorities. And he previously had given agencies grades of like B and C for their plans. They, there was some back and forth between August and November uh, where agencies had the opportunity to clarify things and, and put in better reports. Scott said that OMB looked at four areas in the plan and their analysis, uh, had the agency identified real breakthrough opportunities for change, had the agency described a compelling and feasible plan for acting on those changes, did the agency describe how the plan integrated agency senior leadership with the leadership of bureaus and programs, and uh, does the agency CIO serve as the single point of accountability for the roles and responsibilities identified in the common baseline in OMB's guidance. You also went to the the seminar that was hosted by ACT and IACT last week, and there was some news in there about those self-assessments and stuff, right? Yes, yes. OMB was represented uh, at the event. uh, They did note that uh, USDA and the National Science Foundation had the best implementation plans. They had well-described plans for needed changes. They had solid milestones. The plans rose to the intent of the law. And the evidence demonstrated that they were making progress towards implementation. So it wasn't just their their plan, but they had actually moved forward with some areas. Uh, So kudos, USDA and National Science Foundation. Uh, The plans are coming soon. They must be released publicly within 30 days of OMB's approval. The OMB officials noted that they were approved uh, mid-October, so they should be available uh, this week, late next week at the latest, and they'll be linked on cao.gov, and we'll be looking for those. The next deadline is coming up for those plans, uh, December 31st. The approved plans have to be disseminated throughout the agency. In April, OMB will be checking back on milestones and implementation and making sure that uh, things are moving forward. Oh, good. Well, I, I saw your notes from the conference. It looked like there was a lot of good information being shared there. There was. There was. Uh, Dave Pounder, who you mentioned earlier from GAO, he was there, um, and he reiterated what you mentioned about the congressional scorecard. Uh, there's a lot more to the story than raw numbers. Um, one interesting comment that he made, uh, he mentioned that if, if a terror is implemented correctly, the amount of IT dollars reported annually is going to increase significantly, not because we're spending more money, but because agencies will be counting more projects as part of their IT budgets, uh, you know, things that are in OMB's guidance like shadow IT, uh, but also, you know, say, Department of Energy supercomputers, uh, NASA and DOD space systems. And, and Pounder identified those specifically as things that he believes the CIO should have oversight over and involvement in for those types of purchases. Um, and there was also uh, some discussion uh, about the ACT-IAC-IT 
management maturity model, which we've discussed on the podcast before. Yes, that was an interesting document. That's uh, the outlines for how you assess the organizational maturity uh, with your IT management, um, governance, budget, organization and workforce, program management, and of course, acquisition. And, you know, what was great about that model is that Every function was called out with characteristics of you know, basic capabilities here. Uh, would you call it evolving maturity or is it, you know, demonstrated maturity? Like, where are you on that spectrum? Yeah, that was, yeah. that's, that's a great one. Expansion on that is going to be, is going to be, I think, really helpful for agencies. Yeah, it's, it's a very thorough breakdown and with good examples at each of those levels and at, at each of the, the different uh, functional areas. Um, interestingly, he, um, Richard Spires, a DHS, former DHS CIO, he mentioned that agencies, uh, some agencies were not yet at the basic capability. Oh, no. <laughs> so there should be a level zero of before you get to basic capability and evolving maturity and demonstrated maturity. So, yeah. He always gives frank feedback. He does. Yes. He does. Um, there's a lot of good discussion about also what the acquisition workforce needs to adapt to and, and support Fatera. And Spires remarked, you know, if agencies don't approve their IT management, it's not going to matter how well they do with things like data center consolidation or Agile because they wouldn't have addressed the underlying management challenges. Like, you you know, Agile's great and it might save you money and it might help improve your projects, but it's not going to really improve the governance and, and the portfolio level management that Viterra wants. Um, several participants and, and the federal employee participants were all contracting folks. All the, all the, all the feds that I talked to were, were acquisition. Now, they called for the use of more integrated project teams and for agency acquisition offices to be considered trusted business advisors uh, by their program and budget and legal offices. They, they really wanted, you know, to a much bigger role. Than, and of course, for, you know, Fatera does call for that to much more integration, but acquisition of officers there, they wanted to be involved. They were all very enthusiastic about Fatera. Okay. And they also said that more, more business training is needed, um, you know, not specifically on buying IT, but business skills, acumen, professionalism. Uh, there were questions uh, to the OMB officials about whether Fatera was going to be incorporated into the FAC programs for uh, contracting officials, cores, and pro, uh, program and project managers, uh, which I thought was a great question. Um, another comment was that agency reporting needs to be better aligned. Uh, for example, Exhibit 300's tech stat reporting, portfolio stat reporting, they don't align and support each other. You know, they're reporting different information to different oversight and governance structures. Uh, so those should be pulled together and, and feed in, either feed into another, one another or at least align better. And that goes back to what yeah, the subcommittee chairman, Will Hurd, said, you know, agencies are reporting different things to Congress and to GAO and probably internally, and that might go back to what they're required to report on, on these on these different oversight mechanisms. You know, we've also heard before from other agencies, too, when they go to look at these things, they're going to need to take it maybe down to the level of vocabulary. What, what do these terms mean, <laughs> you yes. know, when we say, and then tell us what your metrics are for this and your goals are. It really got to take it back to basics. But yeah, that stuff has got to be consistent or you are not comparing your apples with your oranges. That, so that, that came up as well, too. Yeah. In terms. Um, so it sounds like the they got some good feedback at the event on what agencies are really going to need to implement the maturity model, right? Because the maturity model is great, but you know it's it's still you got to break these things down. This is a, these are new concepts, really. They are currently accepting feedback, right, on this model yes, that they put yes. out. Yes, um, and they're going to yes, integrate yeah. that for phase two. So right, yeah. how do you, how do you get from here to there? Um, it was good to see OMB 
they're in favor of this maturity model. It was developed by a working group that came from a number of federal IT officials and former feds like Richard Spires and also Darren Ash, CIO of the uh, Nuclear Regulatory Commission. This would be a good thing for acquisition professionals to review and provide input on. So, you know, you guys definitely take a look, get involved, tell them what you have to say about it. Yes, yes. ACT-IAC, they were very interested in what folks at the conference had to say, and I'm sure they would like to hear uh, from as many of many federal contracting professionals as they can. Uh, The council has a lot of information about the maturity model on its website. Uh, You can start at actiac.org slash groups slash project dash Fitera, or if you just go to the main page on the actiac.org site and just search for Fitera, I'm sure you will be able to find uh, the feedback mechanisms and and the information they're looking for. Cool. All right. Well, there you go, you guys. Homework. (laughs) That's right. Give it out homework now. <laughs> we better stop that. We want everybody to come back. So, well, thanks for sharing. I'm glad that you were able to attend that event. That's it, was, it was a good conference. It was an excellent yeah. conference. Awesome. All right. Well, that brings us to the end for today. If you are a government agency subscriber to the Virtual Acquisition Office website, you can find links to what we've talked about for this week's headlines and further reading on VAO. That'll be on the same page where you downloaded the podcast. And you can also comment on the podcast. We'd love to have your feedback on the format or content or anything else you'd like to tell us. Thanks for tuning in. Tune again next Friday, November 20th, for another weekly news recap.